Welcome back to another episode of Am I Doing This Right? I'm Corinne Fox. And I'm Natalie McMillan. And we are best friends, confidants, millennials, and the hosts of Am I Doing This Right? A life how-to podcast from the perspective of non-experts. And each week we cover a new topic and we drink a new bottle of wine. But this is a special edition. This is a special edition episode. Yes. We're officially not having our first glass of wine. Right. We are trying something else, you guys, and we're really excited about it because we're going to be talking to Sahara Rose today about how to find your dharma. We're going to be talking with her about what is your dharma, if you don't even know what Mm -hmm. that is, what is Ayurveda, doshas, and how to realize the truth of who you are. I love it. You know we love these This chats. is, this is r- right up our alley. Right up our alley. Okay. <laughs> but now, let's get into this non-wine episode. Yeah. I'm actually really excited because you guys know we record this early. It's it's, it's, it's a, not even 11 a.m. It's not even 11 a.m. And it's always a struggle, but we do it for the listeners. We do. But today we actually are going to feel revived. We're going to um, try a little kombucha. We have two options. Okay. We have the Sunwink Sparkling Tonic. And it's not a kombucha. I don't even really know what it is. It's it's a sparkling tonic. Oh, it's a sparkling <laughs> tonic with like blueberry and lemon juice and goji berry extract. Oh. And then we also could drink the Better Booch Kombucha Hibiscus Healer. Oh. And it's your choice. It's dealer's choice. It's my choice? Mm-hmm. Gosh, I'm so curious about both of them. But I think the Better Booch one kind of feels like it's calling. Let's do Better Booch. Something about the hibiscus. Also, it is 90 degrees today, and it is winter. It's a hot day. It's a hot day. So this feels refreshing. You know, I'm in my jorts, which I'm happy about, but but not happy about the global warming. (laughs) Right, right, right. This is insanity. Yeah. Okay, so instead of a pour, we're going to do a a pop. Uh, Let's see. <gasps> that was some actual serious. You can kind of hear it like ASMR. I'm excited. Oh my Ooh. gosh. Should we do this all the time? I know. I'm like, do we switch from wine to booch? You guys, does that not sound like a dip in the pool? Cheers. Cheers. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> that was a great choice. This was a great choice. Okay, well, we'll review it at the end of the episode. But yes. let's get into our guest and talking today about how to find your dharma. I feel like the both of us were always hungry for like spiritual growth and yeah. to find ways to understand ourselves and the world around us better. And I think Sahara is the perfect person to have Mm -hmm. on. She has the number one spirituality podcast and a wealth of knowledge and books too to help find our own passions and life purpose. And she's definitely 100p an expert. We're also kind of newbies to the the idea of like Ayurveda. I think it's Ayurveda. Ayurveda. We'll find out. And yeah, she also talks about like doshas and dharmas and I don't I don't know a ton about that. Yeah, I'm very baseline, so I'm very excited to learn more. Yes. So should we introduce her before yeah. we bring her on? Yeah. So she's a best-selling author of Discover Your Dharma, Eat, Feel Fresh, Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda, and a Yogic Path Oracle card deck, and a Yogic Path Reflective Journal. What doesn't she offer? <sighs> this girl. She's she's offering it all, you she's guys. She's offering it all. She also hosts the Highest Self podcast, which is the number one spirituality podcast on iTunes with over 25 million downloads. 
That's insane. And counting. And counting. She's also the founder of Dharma Coaching Institute, the world's first double certification that trains certified Dharma and spiritual life coaches, as well as the founder of Rose Gold Goddesses, the Divine Feminine Mystery School. Throw the word mystery. Mystery? You were in. Sold me. Sold. We are enrolled in a mystery school. (laughs) I love a divine feminine mystery school. Say less. (laughs) She's known for her fun and relatable approach to spirituality that makes her wisdom accessible and relatable, which we love. She's a keynote inspirational speaker speaking on stages such as Google and Facebook headquarters. She's been featured in Vogue. Forbes, and recently on the nationwide cover of Yoga Journal Magazine. Oh my gosh. So accomplished. We've got to bring her on. Let's welcome Sahara Rose. Hello, Sahara. Hi, Sahara. Hey, ladies. Thanks so much for having me on today. Oh, Oh we're so excited. We were just saying before we hopped on with you, we don't know. We're like very much so into spirituality and, you know, we meditate and all that stuff, but we don't know a lot about ayurveda and doshas and like kind of what your expertise is so this is like so exciting this is so exciting for us (laughs) yeah i love it with spirituality there's so many entry points like wellness meditation and they really all take you to the same place of really understanding your purpose and why we're here and how to live our best lifetimes yeah 100 percent. so we read that we were researching you we read that you said coming from immigrant parents you always felt a responsibility to save the world which i thought was really interesting i'm curious how your upbringing guided you to the work that you're doing now? Mm, Totally. So my parents were both, my mom was a refugee and my mom was an immigrant. So coming to this country for them was really about survival and them, you know, feeling safe enough to have those basic needs met. And I know for a lot of, you know, Americans, we're all immigrants at some level, whether it's your grandparents or great grandparents, and we all came here for a better life. And how beautiful is that? And if you look at Maslow's hierarchy, right? When you have your survival needs met, then you're like, what, what do I really want? You know, and maybe you go Mm. for more of the luxuries of life. Then once you have those, you're like, well, those aren't really making me happy. What is my purpose here? I want self-actualization. So that naturally is what happened to me. You know, my parents really wanted me to go into a safe career path, something that was stable. And here I am like moving to India and Bali and like working (laughs) with shamans and all the things. And they're like, we don't get it. We came here so you could be safe and secure. And here you are taking a risk. Like, why would you ever want to do that? And Mm. in fact, the tension got so bad between, especially my father and I, that it got to a point that we were constantly fighting and he actually disowned me. He said, you are dead to me. I want nothing to do with you as my daughter. And that was so hard because I realized how much of my life I had spent for my parents' approval. You know, Mm -hmm. so many of us, especially as, as, daughters as well. It's like, we want that gold star. We want that pat on the back. We want the, like, you're smart, you're enough, you're worthy. And then to be dead to him, it made me realize that, well, I have no one else to live for, but myself. So I'm going to do the things that make me come alive. I'm going to step into my curiosities because the truth is I don't want to join the 99% of people who live with the regret on their deathbed of I wish I lived my purpose. I wish I did what I love. And truthfully, my parents, I'm so grateful for them, but they're not doing what they love to this day. And I think so many of us were taking advice from people who aren't 
living their dreams, their purposes. So of course they're going to come from these limiting beliefs because that's all they know. So a lot of that was the deconditioning, the unraveling, the letting go of all of these falsehoods that I have been told to remember the truth of who I am, the limitless potential that each and every one of us hold. And I also needed to go through that experience too, to believe in myself enough, even when those closest to me did not believe in me. Oh my God, um, so powerful. So we talk a lot about our parents and like them being able to reach like a certain evolutionary point that got them to where they are. And it's kind of like our responsibility to continue that evolution, even as like their offspring. It's like, okay, yeah. they can't get this far. This is as far as they can go. This is also my responsibility to continue evolving and expanding my mind past what they're capable of, given their circumstances and their, you know, their own history and their own baggage. And when you were talking, I was also thinking, do you have siblings? I have a younger brother, yes. You're the oldest yes. daughter. Yeah. I also feel like when you were saying like your parents' approval and things like that, I'm the eldest daughter as well and firstborn. And I have that like sense of responsibility and I have to – like I was very much like a good girl. I was like a perfectionist and I was realizing, wow, so much of that has to do with like just being the firstborn and like all the pressure on me to continue this legacy or, you know, whatever. And like you were saying, though, the deconditioning thing, that's so hard to yeah. realize, oh, okay, I'm doing all of this for approval, but I have to unlearn it because why am I doing it? This is for somebody else. It's not for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember Tracy Ellis Ross one time, she said it was so simple, but it like changed my life. She said, my life is mine. Mm. And I was like, oh, my God, my life is mine. <laughs> Like, my that's crazy. <laughs> it was so crazy to me. But I want to know, and I think our listeners too, because I'm sure a lot of us are kind of newbies here. What is Dharma? Because that's what you that's, you speak a lot on, right? Yeah. Um, my book is Discover Your Dharma. So, so that search that I was for, I didn't know it at the time, but it was like, I could just feel I wasn't here to live the same day over and over again, to work a nine to five job doing something that it's like, it's okay. Like maybe it's like, semi in alignment with your gifts, but, but not really. And I was just searching for this thing, this desire to feel something more, but I didn't know what it was. And that brought me to my studies of different spiritual wisdoms, Vedic wisdom. So when I say Vedic, it's like ancient Indian, like the sister mm -hmm. sciences of yoga and Vedic meditation. So Dharma is this Vedic idea that each of us is part of a unique jigsaw puzzle of the universe. And each and every one of us has a unique role to play, a, a soul's purpose. And beyond any one career or job or role, it's really how I see it, like your soul's frequency. It's your expression. Mm. So it's the way that only you can speak, the lives that only you can impact, the way that only you can show up. So each and every one of us, if, if we want to get super spiritual here, it's believed that our souls actually chose our purposes before we incarnated onto this realm. So that. someone's purpose may, let's say Tony Robbins, he may have chosen, I'm going to go through hardship even abuse and neglect, because that's going to teach me how to love myself and how to develop these tools to then share them with others. Someone else may choose the path, the karmic path of relationship issues to then teach those relationship gems to other people. I took that path of being in a, a surrounding of no woman in my family had ever worked, tons of just female suppression, to be a strong woman born in that and be like, no, bitch, I'm slashing the patriarchy. It's not happening anymore. 
So each of us was born with this purpose. So it's not so much about finding your purpose, but it's remembering it. So as you do this deconditioning, it's like you are a snowman and you just have put on all these layers of scarves and, and jackets and mittens. And you're like, oh, this limiting belief that I'll never make money doing what I love. That's not mine. Oh, this mm. limiting belief that, you know, if men are interested in me, I should ignore them. And those that stay are the worthy ones. Nope, that's not mine. And we're like letting go, letting go. And then remembering the truth of who it is that we are. So your dharma is more than what you do, but it's really who you are. And then how that translates into your action in the outer world. Oh my God. And I, I love that you were saying that it's less about what you do. Cause like, I think a lot of people identify so much with their career and that's like who they are. Mm -hmm. And of course, like your career, like can totally be an extension of you, but it's also like how you show up in that job. Like, even if you don't have the luxury of like choosing the perfect job for yourself, it's like, you can still show up to maybe a job you don't exactly love, but through the path of your Dharma. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. A, yeah. Like a way of kind of transforming that. And we'll talk later about, we took the Dharma quiz. Yes. And spot it was on. so spot on <laughs> on your website. It was so spot on. But it, when we were researching Dharmas, um, what came up a lot and you kind of just said it was the Vedas, right? And like Ayurveda and also doshas. We hadn't really heard of those before. And so for our listeners who might not know, can you explain what that is as well? Mm -hmm. So the word dosha means energy. So these are different energy types that are related to the elements. So there are three dosha types, which are vata, air energy, pitta, fire energy, and kapha, earth energy. So if I told you, oh, my friend, she's super airy. She's just a total space cadet. You know, she's an airy fairy person. What do you think just based off of this this idea. How would you describe someone who's airy? Like what personality traits do they have? Oh, oh, oh. they're like kind of flowy. Yeah, easy, easy going. Yeah. Kind of yeah. Yeah. Laid back. Yeah. Like maybe they're like an artist or something. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So we we have that idea even in our language, an airy person. So if I said, ooh, that guy's really fiery. How would you describe yeah, a fiery person? He's like intense, intense and mm -hmm. fast. Like maybe even like a go-getter. Mm -hmm. Quick-witted maybe. Totally. And what if I said, oh, she's such an earth mama. She's so just earthy, earthy, crunchy. Yeah. Very grounded. grounded. Maybe even like nurturing. Yeah. Also like could be disciplined too. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. So you got it. Those are the doshas right there. So that vata is that air energy. So it's the energy of ideas, creativity. So someone that has a lot of vata is going to be full of those creative ideas. They might be an artist. They may have their head in the clouds. And then that also translates to our body because our minds and bodies are reflections of each other. So if I have mm -hmm. air, if I was like, oh, girls, I feel like I have a lot of air in my stomach. What do you think that means? Bloated. Yeah. Bloated, gassy, even constipated air in my skin. It's like dry, rough eczema air in my menstrual cycle would mean like, I'm not really menstruating or a really small amount. So we can see this Vata, this air, how it shows up in our minds and our bodies and our skeletal structure. And you can go really deep in then the Pitta, the fire energy, it's someone who is intense, organized, ambitious, go getter like that Gary V like hustle energy. A lot of athletes have this in them. They, they have that drive. Then in the body, if I'm like, Ooh, I feel like I have a lot of fire in my digestion. It's like inflammation. It's mm -hmm. heartburn. It's acidity. It's, you know, even acne rosacea. 
And then with the earth element, kapha, if I have a really earthy mind, I just am really calm and nurturing, like you said, grounded, like we think of very bohemian, they're probably like breastfeeding with like a flow, yeah. <laughs> you know? So we, we think of that really just earth, like Oprah energy. She even has that kapha, like you could just really sit and talk to her for a long time. Then if I'm holding on to a lot of earth in my body, my body's going to also be slow, maybe dense. Maybe I have a slow metabolism. I hold on to things. I hold on to emotions for a really long time. I hold on to energy in the form of calories. So I may feel kind of sluggish and not wanting to work out. And I just kind of want to like chill. So we each have all of these doshas in certain amounts. So we're each born with a combination of all three. So you may have been born like Corinne, you kind of, to me, look like a Vata Pitta. And I can just kind of tell by looking at someone at this point, what they're born as. So people who are more Vata tend to have like long and lean bodies, more just like tall. Um, I don't know if you like did marathon running or dancing. Like they tend to be like, a dancer. Really, yeah, they tend to be great with that stuff. And then that Pitta is that that more like that fight, like you're, you're muscular uh, pittas tend to have more muscle. Really muscular. They tend to have like strong jaw lines. Um, think Madonna, mm. think Brad Pitt for the pitta energy for the Vata air energy. Think like Kira Knightley, Steve jobs, Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. And that kapha energy is like very feminine. It's really like more round face. So think Kim Kardashian, she has a lot of kapha, even like Beyonce. She's like, Pitta, Kapha, Robin Williams, Shaquille O'Neal, they just have more structured. So for you, Natalie, I would say like Kapha, Pitta for you. So you have that like very feminine face. You have voluptuous lips. You have like big eyes. Like I have a pretty Kapha face as well. So for me growing up, my issue is I had, I had allergies and asthma. So that's like a side effect oh. of the Kapha. So so we can learn so much. I mean, it, I've written like two books about this, Idiot's Guide to Ayurveda and Eat, Feel Fresh. So there's so much to go into, but it really is a language that once you get it, you're like, oh, my vata is off. I'm feeling really cold or dry or my pit is off. I'm feeling really inflamed. And you know exactly what to do to bring you back into balance. Yeah. See, I didn't know it was a mix yeah, of, of you could be a little bit of all of them or all of them are inside of you. That makes sense when you were explaining even just like your physique and how that translates into your dosha. Like I took the quiz online and on your website and I got pitta. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you like respond on. <laughs> mm-hmm. For me, it's interesting because I took the quiz and I got vata which is the air isn't that the airy kind of arty one yeah and you're an artist but did you get it in your mind that's my yes yeah, so yeah. my mind is very like i am an artist like mm-hmm. by trade i guess but yeah physically i am definitely much more like feminine and i'm curvier and all that so spot on honestly i'm curious because you you know you said you came from immigrants and in india and all this did you have a understanding of all this Ayurveda originally, or did you kind of pick it up somewhere else and dive into it there? Like, how did you come into it? Yeah, I did not have an understanding of Ayurveda. My parents came from Iran. So in Iran, it's like a lot of similar understandings of like cooling and warming foods and that kind of thing, but it wasn't like the words Ayurveda or doshas. And then it wasn't until college that I moved to India and studied Ayurveda after college for two years there. But it was so interesting because even people in India, 
don't really talk about Ayurveda that much, maybe in terms of like skincare and massage, but because the British rule actually made Ayurveda illegal the entire time that they um, were colonizing it. Oh, so it has been kind of forgotten and, and replaced by the Western medical system. So it's interesting because now people in India are getting more interested in like yoga practices and even Ayurveda because people in the West are doing it. So we're both kind of emulating each other. And like rediscovering it, yeah. which is so cool. You were saying like going back to Dharma is like finding your path or your or remembering remembering you know your purpose here what would you say to somebody who is listening right now that maybe feels like purposeless or lost like where do you kind of start on this dharma journey mm -hmm. a really good place to start is just to remember something you love to do as a child so as a child, we were naturally ourselves. So were you that kid that loved art projects and imagination and charades and make-believe? It's probably some of that vata in you. Were you that kid that wanted to play outside and sports and get messy and be in teams? That's that pitta, the fire child. Or were you that kid that's like, let's play house, let's play restaurant, let's play mom and dad, let's like pet the animals. Then you are that kapha child. So even if you could think of one thing you love to do as a child and start doing that now. Now that doesn't mean like being a pianist is your dharma per se, but if you start doing that more, you start to open up that, that pathway of remembrance. So maybe from playing mm. the piano, you start to remember, well, I actually really love to play the piano because my grandmother would watch me play. And it was that connection I had with her. And then that shows you that you really love creating beautiful experiences for people. And then maybe that leads to you becoming an event planner and you know, you go from there. So I would just say, start doing what, like I literally order art projects for myself and I'm like, stained glass, like let's do it. Because <laughs> it was just that. that thing that lit me up so much as a child. And then while I'm making my beaded lizard or whatever, I come up with <laughs> ideas for my Dharma today. I love that I just recently, you guessed it, I was a dancer and I just recently started taking dance classes again, which was so terrifying to get back into something that you love. Like I feel like sometimes you build it up in your head, at least I did. I was like, oh, I haven't done this in so long. I'm not going to be good at it. Like maybe it won't be fun again. And then the second I walked into that dance studio, I was just like, oh, this is like me. This is like, I have videos of myself like eight years old just doing horrible dance routines for my family oh my god you did the napoleon dynamite dance yeah i have that <laughs> i have a video of you me doing that. the napoleon dynamite dance like i just that movie was a hit <laughs> it was it, it was a big deal back yeah. in the day okay yeah. it was cool when i did it when i was 10. did what kind of dance did you do I actually grew up uh, Polynesian dancing, which was like, I, it's kind of like cultural appropriation now. But um, <laughs> I, I grew up Polynesian dancing, and then I grew into like hip hop and jazz, and then now I, I still do hip hop. I try to be consistent about it, but it does feel when I'm dancing, it just feels like I'm remembering, like I'm tuning back into myself or tapping into like the source, realigning. Yeah, with yeah, your soul. for sure. I think it's interesting too because I think when we think about doing artsy things or things that we really love just being raised in western culture it's almost like shame it's kind of like we don't feel like worthy of doing that it's like oh no no i need to work mm -hmm. doing art is like another thing that is you know a waste w of waste my time. of time silly yeah, yeah 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 when really it's you coming back to yourself and what better way to like serve the world than to just be yourself yeah you know Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we're taught that the only things worth our time are those that make us money. 
And it's like, exactly. you know, I'm sure you guys have seen it all the time. And it's like, what is the money for? You know, you have it. And, and the purpose of money is a vessel for you to experience more joy. So why not cut the middleman and start experiencing more joy today by doing what it is that you love? Yeah. Cause I honestly think, why are we here? Why, why would we be here if yeah. we're not supposed to enjoy our life and explore what we came here to do? Yeah. And doing what you love will activate you with more ideas that will allow you to step into greater abundance. You know, it's like, if we're always on that hamster wheel of doing, we're never going to be able to have the space to allow those higher ideas to come through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in your book, in Discover Your Dharma, you write that there are three paths to get there. So how do we figure out like which path to take? Mm. So the first path is that person who wants to take the leap. So if you're someone who's like all or nothing, like I'm quitting my job, I'm selling everything, I'm just <laughs> going to do it. That's the leap. Now the leap works for people who are, you know, a bit more all or nothing extreme, or maybe you're like so burnt out with what you're doing that you just can't stand another week doing this. So it may be time for you to take that leap. Now the leap might not be right for someone that has like multiple kids and responsibilities, or maybe that would put a lot of pressure or intensity on them. So it's better for them to kind of ease into something or figure out what it is that they want to do first. So that's option B. That's sort of like the slow fade away into your dharma. So maybe you start taking classes, you start discovering, maybe you try internships or working somewhere, shadowing people until you kind of get ready to a place that there still is going to be a leap. It's just not going to be like a 10 foot leap. It might be a one foot leap. Right. And that way you just feel a little bit more prepared for stepping into your Dharma. And then the last is the, is the accidental. So that's when you're not really looking for your Dharma and it just finds you. So for example, my friend's uncle, he was an engineer his entire life in his fifties, never really questioned it. And in the company he worked at, they said everyone needed to take an elective and he just randomly chose pottery. Like He's just like, whatever, I'll just do this pottery thing, get, get this out of the way. And once he put his hands on that pottery wheel and like felt the earth through his fingers, he's like, I need to do this every day. It just makes me feel so grounded. So he started to show up every day, every day. And he started to make things for people in his office. And then they're like, can you make me an entire like table kit? I'll buy it from you. So he starts selling it. And now he is a full-time potter. Like that is what he does. I and, like and, that. and the beauty of it is he so could have easily had said, I don't have time for pottery. I'm so busy. I'm an engineer. Like this isn't for me, but he followed where the, the Dharmic journey was guiding him and was able to open up to, you know, the most beautiful experience in his life. I love that. How much of it do you think is like you finding your dharma or your dharma finds you? I think your dharma is always whispering. It's like, yeah, it's always outside of you. Like, hey, like you love to dance, like get back to dancing. Remember that thing <sighs> that you love to yes, do? Yes, it was nagging me like, for years. I could exactly. hear it. Exactly. Yes. So it's like, are you going to listen? And that's really what intuition is. You know, like everyone's mm. like, how do I have more intuition? It's just do you listen to the whispers of your soul louder than the screams of your ego? And if yes. you can do that and make that your practice, you will always be guided by your intuition. Yeah. And the ego puts you in so much fear too. Like I was thinking with the pottery story, it's like if he was afraid of, well, I can't leave my job because, you know, uh, I won't be able to sustain my life or whatever, he never would have leaned into it. Mm -hmm. And so he really was able to kind of shed that ego moment 
and come into it. And that's amazing. It's amazing. So you have this course, the 21-Day Dharma Journey. I was curious about the number 21. Is there a reason that you chose 21? And then also, what do you offer throughout this course? Yeah. So it normally takes 21 days to really create a habit. So 21 days of questioning and being, most of us have never thought about our purposes before. Like, how is this not a class in school? They're like, okay, like you're 16 years old. What do you want to do for the rest of your life? It's like, bitch, I don't know. Like no one asked me like, and then, and then we just end up in this pathway. That's not ours. So even just for 21 days. So for 21 days, I give you different questions and prompts and practices to do, to help you remember your Dharma. And you actually walk away with it, with it. I call it a Dharma blueprint. So it's an integration of what mediums flow through you, what archetype you are, what you're excited about, what obstacles you've overcome, what you're super superpowers are and bringing them together towards an action. And that doesn't mean you need to know exactly what you're doing for the rest of your life. It's just, where can I put my energy next? And then that will guide you along the journey. It's like, once you start to learn the Dharmic language, you start to listen to your intuition. You kind of know when your soul contract with an experience is done. Oh my gosh. That makes so much sense. I mean, Curran and I talk about these things all day, every day. Yeah, we're gonna we're signed up for the course. Yeah, we're already Yay. signed up for this course. <laughs> it done. Um, we we took the the quiz online, and we should share what we got. Yeah, just for like the basic quiz. And yeah, I'm curious, like, what you think these mean, or like any advice you have. So I took it, and I got these were the personal dharma archetypes, and I got the activist and the visionary, and I got the artist and the nurturer. Mm. So how do you feel they show up for you in your lives? I mean, we took we took the quiz and we were texting each other. We were like, yep, this is, this is so spot, spot on. on. Like I do a lot of nonprofit work and it is so fulfilling to me. I work with the National Alliance of Mental Illness. I also work with the Endometriosis Foundation of America and Girl Up. And if I could work with even more nonprofits, I would. It's so fulfilling to me whenever I have a meeting. I actually just joined the two, the National Alliance of Mental Illness and the Endometriosis Foundation of America on a call together. I brought them two together and I was literally in tears at the end of the Zoom just because I was like, oh, I'm just so happy I could bring these organizations together to align on something. So when I got the activist, I for sure was like, I totally understand why I got this. <laughs> but then the visionary was one I was like, I don't, I, I guess I'm a visionary, but I don't, I didn't really know how that. Oh, girl, you're a visionary. You're on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. And I shouldn't know how, exactly how that shows up in my life. I should probably think about it more. Lean into it more. Well, the other thing about you that's like a lot of people like I don't know would know. It's like so genuine that you genuinely love to be an activist. Like yeah. it's not it's not for show. It's not for like you would do all that quietly on your own. I do a lot of it quietly. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's truly like your soul. For me, okay, so the artist makes sense because I am She has her own jewelry company. <laughs> she yeah. paints. She's a beautiful painter. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I was doing that since I was probably before I could write. Mm -hmm. And then the nurturer, I think I just am a very nurturing person. You are. Yeah, just by... You give great advice. Like, I've been going through a lot right now, and, like, I lean on her so much, <laughs> probably too much. But you just no. you just have this, like, warmth to you and this understanding, too, of, like, the human experience that's feels very good when you're having a hard time. Aww. 
And I love how they reflect your guys' doshas. So for you, Natalie, the, the artist is your vata, your creative yeah. artist energy. And then the kapha is the nurturer. nurturer. So it's the ability to connect and hold space and make people feel seen and just be this like really heart-centered person and be able to interview people and really listen to them. And again, like that Oprah energy. And then for you, Corinne, it's that pitta of the activist that's like, okay, I want to change the world. Like, let's yeah. do it. Like, and then that visionary of let me be the voice for it. Let me use my yeah. gift of being able to speak, of being able to reach these people and then bring in these causes that they may not have been aware of before. So both of you are living your dharmas. Yay. Oh, good for us. Yay. Good for us. So I know we have to wrap up, which is, we could ask you we have four so many more million oh questions, gosh. but you have your podcast, The Highest Self Podcast, and you usually ask your guests what makes you your highest self. So we wanted to ask it to you back. Oh, I feel what makes my me my highest self is my creativity. I believe that we're all here to be creative channels for what source is asking to be moved through us. So when I can just get out of my own way and be in that state where I'm just flowing with ideas and inspiration, movement, art, whatever that thing is that I am being a conduit for, that I can feel that something bigger than me is moving through me and I just need to show up in service. That's when I feel like my highest self. Wow. So are you Vata? What are your just... I have, yeah, Vata Pitta. And then what's your archetype? Visionary teacher. Oh, yeah. My well, God. That, that's fitting. <laughs> of course. Yes. That's totally, totally fitting. <laughs> well, Sarah, it was so wonderful speaking with you. We are signed up for your 21-day Dharma journey. And um, we're so excited for everything that you're doing and putting out. And thank you for schooling us today. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for giving a voice to this ancient wisdom at this time. You know, so many people are so deeply needing it right now. And for those listening, um, the quiz that you guys took is the dharmaarchetypequiz.com. So people can take that quiz to start to learn more about their dharma archetype. Yeah, yeah we're gonna, we'll link we'll to link everything it. you're doing in our show notes for our listeners so they can find you and connect with you more. Awesome. Thank you, Sahara. Thank you. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Bye. love her. I love her and love that we're living our dharmas. I we, know. We that, got the official sign off from her. The official stamp of approval. But do you feel like we really are? Because I do. I know. I, I, I mean, I feel Especially very... Especially as of late. I feel very blessed to be able to because I do think it's a privilege. As I was, I was trying to say yes. in the interview, I was like, you know, we, we're very privileged that we get to live our truths. But I also feel like if you feel stuck in a job right now and you're like, I, can't, I need this job, there's yes. still a way to show up to it through your dharma. Yes. Even yes. if you can't exactly do what you want to do right now. Well, even as she was talking about the engineer to pottery pottery guy, like, you know, he fell into that and then it guided him in. Yeah. So they could find, you know, find they should do the quiz. Really? You got to go on the website and do the quiz, you, do the you guys. Quiz. We'll have it linked in our show notes and everything that she's doing. Her podcast, her courses, her website. She's She offers so much, which is so wonderful. I know. And we hoped you guys learned more about dharmas, doshas, and all of those incredible resources. But I sure did. I know. I really, I'm excited to go because, you know, we love to research things, Corinna. Oh, and I. yeah. And you're going to be on a, you're going to go down a rabbit I'm hole. I'm going to go down a rabbit hole for a long time, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love a rabbit hole. <laughs> okay, now, should we circle back on this 
Better Booch. Better Booch. Hibiscus Healer Kombucha. We've been drinking this little epi. I – well, first of all, should we introduce the hottie? Oh, yeah. Okay. So our hottie is Mr. Orlando Bloom, yes. Mr. Pirates of the Caribbean himself. <laughs> oh, what was his name? Will? Was it oh, – yeah, that sounds right. He was so hot. When I was when oh. I was nine years old, that was my man. Oh, see, mine was Johnny Depp as Jack Sparrow. This very much tracks. This tracks fully but for, I remember, our, for our type. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I mean, he was hot too. I, I thought he was hot, but yeah. Orlando Bloom was yeah. my man. Oh, yeah. But it was like I remember being in the theater as like a nine-year-old and being like, ooh, <laughs> I would love to marry this man. <laughs> Damn, Bobby, he a rare breed. <laughs> Truly. Oh, my gosh. Well, okay. So we chose Orlando Bloom because him and Katy Perry, they have said that they are bound by a spiritual evolution and he's he actually embraced Buddhism after living kind of like a crazy nonstop lifestyle. Yeah. So they're very grounded spiritual people. I wonder if they're I wonder what their doshas kafas are. or what. Oh. You know, that vatas. grounded their vatas. What's their what's their combo? I wonder if there's like you attract like your partner. It's like you know I'm gonna find out when I go down oh. my rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, you'll I'll let, let you know. know. <laughs> okay, so you know. one to Orlando Bloom. What do we think of this better booch? Hibiscus Healer Kombucha. I have not one single complaint. I don't know about you. The only thing is, is it kind of drying your mouth out? Your mouth is very dry. No. Interesting. Oh, now that I'm thinking about it. It kind of does. A little bit. On the after. At the, on, at at the, the end. end. But I love the flavor. I love everything about it. I would 1,000% get this again. Me too. I'm going to give it a 9 out oh, of – I was going to say a 9. A 9 out of Orlando Bloom for the Butter Booch – kombucha hibiscus healer flavor. This is all at nine. All right, this is the part of the episode where we play a little wrap-up game, and we're playing a new one, you guys. We played it one time. We have played this before? Well, we played it at the, oh, uh, at the end at of the, the year. At the end of the year, the okay. New Year's one. But we decided we should play roses and thorns. And thorns. Sahar Rose. Get it. You get it? Get it? It actually took me a while to, to figure out why we had She's like, why are we playing this one? And she was like, Rose? I was like, yeah. And she was, I was like, oh, yeah. Sahar Rose. That makes sense. It's a little play on words. Okay, so we're going to be talking about the roses and the thorns of our week. Of or our the week. rose or the thorn of our week. Yes. Thus far. Should we do thorns first? Let's do, let's do thorns first. Yeah. Because, you know. We'll, we'll, end on a high note. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So my thorn this week was just... I've been having a lot of issues with my business and just like things getting hung up in like different places and people not communicating things. And it's just been a true thorn in my ass. Okay. (laughs) Like it's been weeks of this stuff. But I think, I do think that it has concluded as of this week. But the beginning of the week, I was just like, oh my, how much more can I do of this? Yeah. You know, not of my business. I love my business. Of the um, bullshit. The, of the bullshit. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, my thorn is um, more of a specific event. Uh-huh. I, I, I showed you the picture. I've been looking forward to, my manager had a baby. And he's been trying to FaceTime me with this baby. And I have been missing the FaceTimes. And so finally he FaceTimed me and I could answer it. So what I do is I answer it and I scream. I go, oh, my God, the baby. And the baby starts crying, (laughs) hysterically crying, screaming. And I think I startled the baby. And it was a thorn. 
porn because I was really looking forward to this FaceTime and yeah. I and I and I done fucked it up. You know what though? Luckily, you'll have more opportunities. Oh yeah, no, as no, we anti. will. We'll rebuild the relationship. Yeah. but I would just say that this was not a good first impression, and right. I don't know if she was thrilled about me. We'll hope me. it doesn't impress into her subconscious. Oh my god, I didn't you even know? think about that. Well, <laughs> actually, that brings me to my rose. Okay, what's your rose? This is kind of on brand for this episode. So on Monday, I took this course, this like workshop mm-hmm. about the subconscious mind, and it was so fun and interesting. What was it? Where where, where can we find it? It was a one time only class. Okay, Natalie. <laughs> I know, I know. And people, I guess, were like emailing her and were like, well, I want it. We're like, did you record it? Blah, blah, blah. And she was like, no, it was a one-time thing. It was like three and a half hours. It was so interesting. It was just about like how your subconscious kind of like rules your whole life, really. It's like oh, 95%. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And then kind of how to like communicate with it and get through those limiting beliefs that she was talking about. Mm. And it was just so – like it put it in a perspective that made so much sense to me. Like even in like a masculine-feminine energy, which obviously is not actually like gender-specific, yeah. but just like by an energy type, it was so – interesting and fun for me wow and only for natalie because it was a one-time only thing <laughs> you guys me and we, like 54 other people <laughs> wow that's so cool you always find these really cool courses i'm like how do you find these oh i can send them to you oh <laughs> the next one i sign up for <laughs> i would love to okay my rose for the week is uh joe and i uh, over the weekend we went on a road trip up to pismo beach mm-hmm. and we went out in san luis obispo and we had never been and we that just crazy to me yeah we'd never been to san luis obispo we had a we didn't know anybody. We didn't have dinner reservations. We walked up and down the main little drag. We walked in. We watched the Olympics Grand. in a little bar. Then we went and got pizza. And we like ate it on the street. Like we I just had love San Luis. Oh baseball. my god, we had the most magical weekend. It, just night really, and we were like that was so fun. And we like walked into like just different little art galleries and like and it's easy to get to. Oh my God, so easy to get up. to. So that was my rose of the week. Just going out with my with Bay with the Bay. <laughs> I love that for you. So fun. Yeah. Well, guys, don't forget we have a newsletter that you guys can sign up for, so you never miss an episode. It's on Am I Doing This Right? Ride. Am I doing this? <laughs> Am I doing this ride? ride? <laughs> Am I doing this right? Pod dot com. And also, if you guys love this episode and you love the potty. Give us a little rate and review. Rate, review, share. And share it. With a friend. And if you guys leave us a review, we might even read it on the podcast because we've done that before. We have. And we really do genuinely lo- – like we'll send them to each other. Like, did you see this one? This one just came through. Yes. And we love them so much. And also don't forget we have Random Advice, our segment. Yes. We need to bring it back, you guys. If you yeah. guys have something going on, going on in your life and you just want our advice on it, like, I don't know, like you're going through a breakup or you need career advice or anything, anything, literally anything, you can email us, am I doing this right pod at gmail.com, and we will give y'all our – Two cents. Yeah. And it's completely anonymous. Oh, yeah. We'll never so read we your will name. So we will never say your name. Never. Nothing like that. You'll just get our our advice for you and it'll be completely anonymous. All right. Well, we love you guys and we'll be back next week with another episode. Bye. Bye.